Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Told y'all before it was supposed to the bow. Nothing but the repeat with Wentz back on the throne. All we do is set trends, so you know all we own. Yep, I'm back with the remixes for the jaw. All birds, all Philly, midnight green. Things changing for the better since we got that ring. Put the league on notice, we're not done. 2019, we adding another one. Yeah, you heard me right on every Tuesday night. 8 to 10, birds of a feather got that flight. Nothing but the hot takes. Back with the big facts for the Fans by the fans, exactly where we at. Pull up to the tailgate, stop by F1. Baptized by the Pope, been bass for everyone. Flying in from the West Coast, even overseas. Get blessed by Ginger Jesus, we disciples of the tree. E-A-G, wait, C-H-M-P. S, don't stress, we on the same conquest. Dominate the division, destroy the NFC, conquer the AFC. Grab that Vince Lombardi, went to AJ. Clim it up the gut, be grand with the strip sack. This sound familiar, huh? Aguilar on the slot, Sproles with the return, Mills with the pick six, okay, wait, it gets worse, J-Train on the run, J-E hitting from 60, Fletcher C in that D-line, that's what you don't want to see, Earps catching tubs, foes on another level, the Superboy, the only time you see that Philly special, we live from Broad Street, brotherly loves the heartbeat, hungry dogs run faster, and we don't eat cheap, no one likes us, and we don't care, cause we from Philly, and we ain't never scared, look up. But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? What's up, Philadelphia? We. Live broadcasting from Wildfire Sports Studios for NBC Sports Philadelphia. Welcome to the 4th and John Show, episode 69. Nice. Hold on, just cut the music off real quick. Cut the music off because I want to get serious for a minute. Right now, I want to read from the book of Carson. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of a Super Bowl... I will fear no team, for you are with me. Your arm 
and your legs, they comfort me. In the name of the Howie, the Doug, and the Ginger Jesus Carson Wentz, can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Then turn that music back on because the Ginger Jesus returneth. We got back Carson Wentz. And I know I should be upset because we had to go down to Tampa during the hottest day of the year, the hottest game we ever attended, and got third-degree burns on our butts from sitting on the seats. I know I should be up here ranting and raving, all upset that the Eagles' defense made Fitzpatrick look like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, gave up four touchdowns, and then he was flexing on us in postgame looking like Conor McGregor. I know I should be sitting here angry that we had to leave a stadium that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans couldn't even fill with their own fans for their own home opener after putting a spanking on the Saints. I know I should be upset about that. But Carson Wentz is back, and it feels like an a brand new season. I was there in Los Angeles when Carson Wentz went down. I was there in New York when Nick Foles played his first game against the Giants. I was there when he struggled against Oakland and against the Cowboys. I was there when he made that magical run in the postseason. I was there for the home opener when we opened up the NFL season and played an ugly game. And I was there in Tampa Bay so I can testify. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just wanted to say testify on my own podcast, man. I am so excited that Carson Wentz is back and in uniform and going to be starting week three for the Eagles. I know I should be angry, but I've never been so happy the day after a miserable loss. And Gail, you were down there in Tampa sitting there with me. How are you tonight, my friend? I mean, it is a new day. I mean, it's, 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 it's a weird feeling to go from being really depressed after catching an L, but then coming back to the realization that Carson Wentz is back. Uh, if I had to sit in 100-degree weather and look like the human milk dud, <laughs> for this moment to get Carson Wentz back, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we wanted to get that W, but uh, it's, it's, it's weird that, you, you know, you, I have this saying that I say to myself all the time to, to make me feel better about tough situations it is what it is you can face the reality and be a grown-up and pick up your bootstraps and get back to doing what you know that you can do you say it is what it is you catch the l you take the l on the chin you take it like a man you get up and rebound and i wouldn't want anyone else to man this football team than the man that is coming in to write the ship, especially with this offense. You know what I mean? Like, there's this article today with him and his, uh, his one of his life coaches or, or his mentors, a guy that he met with a while he was at North Dakota. Uh, and he said, this is what he said about Carson. It kind of makes you feel proud to have this kind of guy in your locker room. He said, uh, you know, he, he talked about the key question of what makes these, these people great talking about all the guys that he works with and he said the difference is he's like what I found in elite performance performers like Carson or, or a coach like Nick Saban is that their level of focus and attention to detail is so extreme I think it's probably even hard for an average person to understand 
So the manner in which Carson is going to prepare for a game, the extra game film that he's willing to break down or the understanding of the playbook and the time that you're going to spend with an offensive coordinator and the relationship that you build, most people aren't willing to put in that kind of time. He's been a professional since the day I met him. So we have our professional quarterback coming back for this, this Philadelphia Eagle team, and it has been a long time, a long time since we've seen Carson Wentz. And, uh, you know, regardless of what happened last week, I think this team is mature enough and focused enough to rally around Carson Wentz with the pocket full of shells. Absolutely. And and again, it, it feels like a brand new season. And this is the jolt of energy the Philadelphia Eagles are going to need, especially coming off of a loss like that, because they had a golden opportunity to go 2-0. They had a golden opportunity to go 2-0 and within the conference. Again, don't poo-poo these conference games off. These are tiebreakers at the end of the year. True. And you never know. You might be looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a wild card or a divisional or NFC chat. You need to have these sort of tiebreakers on it. They missed a golden opportunity. But here's the good news. Everything that happened in that game was cor- is correctable. All right? When I, when I take a look at that game as a whole... The game plan wasn't bad. Doug Peterson could have done a better job, especially in the fourth corner. Got a little Andy-itis. He wasn't playing the clock like he should have been playing it. The defense wasn't called poorly. Every single one of those Fitzpatrick touchdowns, there was an error in. Like when he went deep to Deshaun Jackson. Malcolm Jenkins, the deep safety, bit on, I don't even know what he was biting on, but he was out of the picture. Left Jalen Mills on an island to run yard for yard. With Deshaun Jackson. I remember when I asked you, I said, I said, who was playing over top? No, no help. No one. No one. That's the that was the that was the one thing that I was just like and a lot of people were killing Jalen Mills for that. Oh yeah. Originally. But if you go back and watch it, and Malcolm Jenkins will tell you that it was his fault. Now now granted, Jalen Mills didn't lay a finger on him the entire time he was running with him. But already you've got punched in the mouth. That OJ Howard one. Mm-hmm. All right. You saw you saw him cross Jordan Hicks. Didn't break up the pass. Darby slammed into his own guy. Yeah. I mean, you take away any one of those long touchdown passes, the Eagles are in the game. We're not having a conversation about how poorly the Eagles' defense looked from an execution standpoint. We're talking about how Nick Foles led the Eagles to another ugly win. And oh yeah, by the way, here comes Carson Wentz. So uh, everything that I said, yes, it was ugly. It was hideous, hideous, and I'm not trying to find any silver lining in a loss like that. But it is correctable. And you have your MVP candidate coming back a quarterback. This offense, by proxy, is going to look different. The balls are going to be more accurate. We all saw Carson Wentz in training camp and what he was able to do. We saw all saw Carson Wentz warm-ups in preseason, what he was able to do. This dude's just been waiting to get medically cleared. And that, let's not look past the magic that he performed last year. Let's not forget about the magic that he performed the year before with similar weapons. Because we went into the season, uh, you know, running backs expect to be Jay Ajayi, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, on wide receiver, wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Mac, uh, Mike Wallace, Mac Hollins. Here's what we ended up with going into week three. Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood, and Josh Adams. Wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, Kamar Aiken, Shelton Gibson are the only one healthy ones there. Wow. And they're kicking some tires. Like, we went from 2017 Eagles roster right down to 2016 Eagles roster within a matter of two weeks. 
really unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they're really de- dealing with adversity. I think, you know, last year they dealt with adversity. I think, uh, you know, I think Carson comes back. He gives you that stability in the offense. You talk talk about ball placement. You talk about extending plays. You talk about getting to the third and fourth read in, in the offense without, you know, patting the ball too many times like a Nick Foles. You know, Nick, granted, Nick Foles, you know, he, he – you know he he's played, you know, a- average. Uh, but he did give us that Super Bowl. But obviously, you won't wanted to see more consistency from Nick Foles. I mean, that throw that he had to Nelson Aguilar was amazing. The the perfect accuracy was amazing. But then you go back to the uh, the back of the end zone where Zach Ertz he throws him high. It's an easy touchdown. There's there's ball placement has been an issue the last couple. Game, so I think bringing Carson Wentz back, I think it really stabilizes his offense. And you look about look at the last two games. You, you look at the the way this team has been made up. It's really been the defense that has been holding this offense, uh, holding us, us down, while the offense has been, you know, very inconsistent. Um, so if we can get the offense to play, extend more drives, uh, be better on third down, because uh, that's where we were winning last year on third down. Uh, so I mean. If we get that kind of consistency, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared about, uh, you know, as we move forward. And again, I don't want to blow sunshine or cupcakes or sparkles up anybody's butt here. I, I, I just don't want to do it because I've been accused of doing it before. I'm not, I'm not willing to look past the Buccaneers game and not think that this team has issues to figure out. But it was week two last year when they got their butts handed to them by Kansas City. And that was with Carson Wentz. And that was the wake-up call. Well, not only did we just get a wake-up call realizing that you got to stop smelling yourselves and start getting playing championship-caliber football, but the cavalry is right behind you. Because not only are we talking about Carson Wentz coming back, we've got the potential, and that hasn't been confirmed, but Alshon Jeffrey could be coming back this week or the next week. So all this conversation about the wide receiver position, and trust me, we're going to get into it. Remember, the cavalry's on its way, and it feels like a completely new season. It feels like a completely new season. Like we, like those two, that one ugly win and that one ugly loss, we're able to hit the reset button at one and one and go forward. That's what it feels like. Evan Bubblegum here, working the soundboard. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, I've never felt so good after an Eagles loss, to be honest with you. I mean, usually we come in here uh, with a little bit of our, our confidence, not completely taken from us, but we're, we're a little bit more doom and gloom. Today, I come in. So happy after an Eagles loss. We've got our guy back. The Messiah has risen. And I feel, I feel although we've got the likes of Kamar Aiken and Shelton Gibson are going to be the guys that are catching our balls, Carson Wentz is the type of player that makes everybody around him better. So that is what gives me confidence. And I think that uh, I think even as going as far as having the defense practice against Carson Wentz in, uh, during the week, that's going to make the defense better as well. Absolutely. Gail, give the people a little taste of, because I want to get into it, because I've never experienced NFL culture shock like I had visiting Tampa Bay and Raymond James Stadium. Can you kind of paint the picture for the people as far as like (laughs) what we kind of experienced down there? Because we were a far cry, not only in distance, but we were a far cry from Philadelphia football down there. Yeah, it was funny because when we when we landed, it felt like we you know we landed on the moon, right? You know, we're in this new territory. Me and me and you are like exploring, and you're looking around like, I think we're on the wrong 
you know, we're not on the moon. We're on Mars. Uh, <laughs> you know, they didn't open the tailgate till like what, like ten o'clock, or just just the whole vibe was off. I mean, you you, you would think, you know, you'd see when you come into Philly, you you see Eagles jersey within like minutes. We didn't see any attire, no Bucks attire. The only thing that we saw was billboards everywhere. Oh, billboards. Buck stuff. Yep. But people in the stores weren't wearing Buck stuff. You know, was there anybody at the tailgates doing impersonations or burning jerseys or anything? No, 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 no. Weak, honestly. The, 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 the whole vibe. the whole Weird day vibe. before the game. Like so, we spent the majority of Saturday just kind of exploring Tampa. Now you explore Philadelphia on any given moment, any given day. You walk into any given shop, you walk down any given street, you see an Eagles gear, you see in Phillies hats, you're seeing you know Flyers gear, you're seeing a Trust the Process shirt, you're seeing something. You can't go ten feet without seeing something Philadelphia sports related because it's a sports town. That whole day on Saturday, I saw one person wearing a Buccaneer shirt. No jerseys, no hats, no nothing. Just one person, uh, a little girl, wearing a Buccaneer shirt. It was weird. And then when game day rolled around, our hotel was right uh, within a mile, I would say, of Raymond James Stadium. So we could hoof it there. No need for an Uber or anything. So we decided to roll up at 8 o'clock because we figure, just like the 4th and John tailgates... Things are going to be in full swing. The action's already... We don't have to set anything up, so we don't have to get there super early. We roll up at 8 o'clock, <laughs> cross a... What would you say? A six-lane highway? Yeah, yeah. Like, not even at a crosswalk, just waltz across. There was no traffic. There was, no, there was nobody down there. No one waiting in line. We get to the stadium. I'm honestly checking my phone to look at the date, being like, did we show up on the wrong day? Where the hell is everybody? Were you guys the first in the lot? We, we were the first we, ones we, there. Yeah, we were the first people there. We were the first people... There Slap and it was eight o'clock. If this was a fourth and John tailgate for a one o'clock game, things would have already been in full swing. I'm in line to get into the lots at five forty-five in the morning. So then I wait until nine o'clock. Nobody's there. We're now at nine o'clock. Then I get word that the lots don't open up until nine thirty. Now when I say lots, the way Raymond James Stadium is set up, there's a big like lawn. It's grass parking lots in the front and it's grass parking lots in the back. It's real strange, right? So, <laughs> let's there, say Are there like spots painted out or? No, there's not even spots painted out. It's like it's like fit it where you can It's fit like it. if you were going to park at the country fair, Justin. That's how a lot of college stadiums are. A Is lot it? a lot of college stadiums you just have grass parking. Okay. They'll just come out line the grass with the parking spots. Felt a then, little weird. Yeah, yeah, a lot of college a lot of big time college programs are all like that. Okay. So they, we, we it sounds like they have we didn't like it. Like, they very like college So they atmosphere. didn't open up the lots until 9.30. Now, you got to imagine, if you're setting up a tailgate, you're, by the time you park the car and get all the stuff out, it's 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock? You want to get in the stadium by noon to go see pregame, get yourself a beverage, get yourself a hot dog, go take a seat, watch, you know, watch the, the pregame ceremonies, whatever. So what is that, two hours? For the, they didn't tailgate. They don't tailgate down there. If it wasn't for Eagles fans tailgating, there were no Bucks fans. T- it, it, it was it was strange. So they go into that game stone sober, is what you're saying? St- I mean, I guess so because traffic Unless really got heavy. Traffic really got heavy at eleven o'clock. Like it's almost like everybody went to church, went to brunch, and said, "Oh yeah, there's a football game," and all decided to come at once. I seen I seen one floor. I guess they're over the Floridian that who posted underneath the video that you had posted about that. And they were like, "We're smart. Uh, we know we know that we could uh, stay out of the heat. We don't stay out in the heat like you guys. We're not dumb. No, I'm you're like, not diehard. <laughs> you're not diehard. Now Raymond James Stadium is a nice stadium. 
I expected yeah. it to be kind of hokey with the pirate ship and kind of kind of corny and stuff like that. Well put together stadium. They got a giant video board that's super duper clean. It's almost like staring at a big screen TV. They don't put advertisements on it. It's just the down and distance of scoring the time. Uh, they got two sideboards, and they do a wonderful job with the graphics. Uh, they have this area in the front of the stadium that's called the Bucks Beach, right? So it's not it's kind of like the Headhouse Plaza at Lincoln Financial Field. That was kind of cool. That, that was, that was kind of yeah. cool because you didn't need to scan your ticket to get in there. There was stuff, all that stuff from Bud Light, thanks to them for giving us the tickets, as well as um, the two Navy guys who joined us. Um, they had the pirate ship DJs, these balloon people dancing lops. It was kind of w- cool, but it was a little bit weird. But it was I'm nice. Get real. Yeah, it, it was a nice way for your fans to congregate. Once you go inside the stadium, there's that fake facade of a pirate village. There's all the bars and the and the concourse, or have the thatch roofing, and then they got the pirate ship. I, I mean, I thought it was... Just, wait, wait. This guy is a big fan of pirates. Oh, let's not get into and the pirates. And ships and stuff. Let's not get into Oh, come on. His <laughs> eyes were like a kid in a candy store. When and he was just like, lit. He was looking at that ship like, wow. <laughs> like, he was oh, like, on. trying to... Like, no, on, no, no, dude. Don't, don't dumb it down. Uh, but that stadium, I'll, I'll be honest, that stadium was really well put together. Uh, like like he said, the Jumbotron was really amazing. Uh, and then they played this this little animation of like the, like uh, a bucks uh, skeletons skeletons and pirates and stuff, and they were fighting like eagles. Like, they, they were pursuing the ship with the eagles flag on, it, and then they boarded the ship. And, and I look they, over, and this guy's like eyes are like a little kid like watching a. Uh, I, felt, I felt a little Disneyland Pixar movie. I felt, I found a little Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. In the back of the ship, they had this like um, this parrot, and it was like an animatronics parrot. And the head moved side to side, and the mouth moved open, and there was somebody on microphone just talking crap to all the opposing fans. And like, eagles aren't even a real bird. And I I was like, this is kind of, like, I can appreciate this. This is kind of cool. It's just a shame that nobody shows up to watch the game. Because it was 45% Bucks fans. And they left early. 35% In a win. Eagles fans. People were leaving early. 20% empty seats. Empty seats for your home opener, and you just put a thumping on the New Orleans Saints. This is your home opener. Nobody's tailgating. There's, there's, like, granted, sometimes Lincoln Financial Field, okay, takes until about the midway through the first quarter for the stadium to completely fill in. But nevertheless, it's going to be filled. It's going to be filled. You took a look around. I posted it on 4th and John, the Twitter, at 4th and John. Like, can we take a minute to talk about all these empty seats I'm looking at? It was just such a strange culture shock to be down there. It was it was a totally different football vibe uh, to be talked crap on the walk of shame walking out of the stadium of Bucks fans yelling fly Eagles fly and what's up Super Bowl champs oh Philly special Philly didn't look so special today and then they got this stupid ass Tampa Bay chant it, it was so corny but the, <laughs> like there I can see how people get in fistfights opposing fans leaving Lincoln Financial Field. Because if you don't have thick skin, if you don't have thick skin, and you, so mad, and, you and, and you can't take a little ribbon, man, like going out of that stadium and just have people talking crap on you nonstop. There's nothing worse than leaving an opposing stadium with an L. Nothing yeah. worse. I, I definitely uh, I have a thing when when we beat a team and they catch the L. I like looking at their fans and they look dopey as uh, <laughs> dopey as hell. You know, sad and and I'm like, I am that guy. I am walking out of the stadium. No making eye contact. Not making any, any eye contact. I got gold chains on, fake gold chains on, 
looking. Now you got to fly home. And now people are laughing at us. It's you, you got to take it. You, you got to take, take it. You got to take it. It is what it is. So that's why I don't want to give the Eagles any sort of pass on what they did against the Buccaneers because leaving that stadium and getting all that crap talked to us to a fan base that doesn't even tailgate or can't even fill out their own home opener sucked. That sucked. We put together a miserable performance. But again, I think a lot of it was not game plan. I feel like a lot of it was execution from a defense mm-hmm. that's used to executing. I feel like this offense is going to get an incredible lift by the return of Carson Wentz. For sure. G- Ginger Jesus is coming back. And it feels like, an, like a, a completely new season. Completely new, speaking of which, perhaps we need some completely new wide receivers. Because I know the Eagles were kicking around uh, the tires on some wide receivers, and they're making no bones about it. I mean, I, yep. I mean, it, I mean it's kind of weird to hear Doug Peterson in his press conference just come out and start talking about it. No bones about it. Go ahead. What, what are your thoughts on that whole position right now and you know, you know, going up against the Colts with this group? Well, that's why you know, it goes back to you know to us always and constantly looking you know outside to, to help bring in some guys. I, you know, I think I think a veteran player. You know, I mean, if you just ask me, a veteran player would be a lot easier to work with than a than a young rookie player. You know, to get him caught up, plus a guy that's had game experience. I think we're constantly looking at uh, adding depth and talent at any position and every position. You know, and obviously that's probably the focal point right now. Um, so we're constantly, you know, Howie and his team and, and Joe Douglas are constantly looking to, to help, you know, uh, better our roster. Now, the news of the day, at least to the people I would think in this room, was still Carson Wentz returning. Was still Carson Wentz coming back to lead this offense. Was still Carson Wentz coming back to go and try to defend the crown and get to the Super Bowl once again. But the news of the day was Jordan Matthews. Which I've never seen. I've never seen any any one name create so much opposition on the timeline, one way or the other, than Jordan Matthews. I mean, I mean, Gail, kind of, kind of speak on it a little bit, because, like, what do you, what do you take away from the Eagles kicking the tires on J Matt? You think about like uh, some people are like asking for trades for you know for receivers to come in if you if they are looking at Jordan Matthews you don't have to give up anything you look at what he he signed a one-year one million dollar contract with the Patriots on it that which had seven hundred thousand dollars of incentives so basically it was like hundred and ninety thousand dollars that they that they gave him guaranteed so think about our budget and we're, we're trying to ball on a budget and you just heard the quotes that Doug Peterson talked about, about bringing in a veteran who knows the system. Uh, another guy who is uh, one of Carson Wentz's best friends, a guy who feels a certain type of way about Jordan Matthews. And we're in, we're in dire needs, whether it just be for a couple of weeks. Um, Jordan Matthews. Does it, you know, am I, is that the guy that I really want, Jordan Matthews? But I can see where that makes sense with the Eagles who are trying to be financially, financially aware of what they're doing. There's some people out there that are so anti Jordan Matthews. There's some people out there, Elliot, I'm talking to you, that are so pro <laughs> Jordan Matthews. Naked on the timeline. And at the end of the day, this doesn't matter. 
Like Jordan Matthews, if he was brought in, the benefit is he knows Carson, he knows the system, he has a rapport with Carson, he has a connection with Carson. They've made some things happen in the past. But Jordan Matthews isn't the answer to the wide receiver woes. If anything, he's just a depth guy. Indeed. He's a, he, not even a band-aid. Like he's well, a depth now. guy. Like realistically, he would be like the he he, he is your Mac Hollins without the speed. Like he, like yeah. like he's like he's just a. And I know when you came in, Ev, you were like, "What did you say?" Well, my my whole point with it is is that I feel like Jordan Matthews really excels in the slot. And I feel like Nelson Aguilar is our guy in the slot. He's been really excelling the past two seasons. I don't want to take Nelson out of that position. I don't want to push Nelson to the outside. And I know Jordan Matthews can't play on the outside. So the way that I look at it is he's kind of more of like a backup for Nelson Aguilar. And while depth is great. We need an outside wide receiver. That's what we yeah. ultimately need. And I feel like we missed out, and it's it's water under the bridge now. But, I mean, when you see what the Patriots were able to trade for Josh Gordon, and originally the deal, if, if you listen, it, it was originally supposed to be a sixth-round pick, but the Patriots didn't even have a sixth-round pick, so it, only, and it ended up being a fifth-round with a conditional. So the way I look at it is I, I feel like Josh Gordon could have made a hell of a lot more difference than Jordan Matthews on this team. And if a fifth rounder was really all they were looking for, or a sixth rounder, I would have pulled the trigger on that. I mean, maybe they have other information that you know we aren't privy to about the mental state, or maybe more information. You know how he's really hooked in uh, with uh, Joe Banner, who has a you know maybe maybe they they know information that we don't know because you're, you're thinking like when I when people are like telling me like oh you know Josh Gordon is going to be released, what would you give up for? And I was like. Uh, fourth or fifth, I would, you know, and, and then that, and when he went for the fifth, would have gotten the deal done. Yeah, I was shocked when I was, I was like the fifth, just the fifth. Yeah, I really didn't think that the Eagles were a likely landing spot for Josh Gordon, only because if this was the thing that finally, if this was the straw that broke the camel's back for the Cleveland Browns, and they forgave him for everything else. Like, the Eagles' front office doesn't have a history with Josh Gordon enough to babysit the guy or really know what they're dealing with. Not only that, but he's got a bad hamstring. And this was prior to Mike Wallace going down. I was on uh, Aton's show saying, like, no, it's not a necessity. I wasn't mad that the Eagles didn't get Josh Gordon. I was pissed off at the fact that the Patriots got him for a fifth, a conditional fifth. That kind of threw me for a loop because all of a sudden you go, well, 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 we got a couple fours here. Yeah. And I know the Browns wanted to keep them out of the AFC, and that was it, a fifth? Heck, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a fourth just to loan them for five games at this point. Speaking of the wide receiver position, I know we're kicking the tires uh, on some wide receivers. You're about to say the D word. I'm about to say the D word. Here it comes. Because I have been so anti-Des Bryant ever since he was released. And we would get asked constantly on this show, whether it be by callers, whether it be on the Twitter questions, whether it be brought up by this cast on whether or not the Eagles should pursue the best free agent wide receiver available, which is Des Bryant. And I have been adamantly, adamantly against it. because, Because I think Des Bryant is not a great teammate. I don't think Des Bryant is a great locker room presence. I don't think Des Bryant's got a whole lot left in the tank. But all that being said, and having said all that, 
I think it's time we bring Des Bryant in. <laughs> I think it's time we sign Des Bryant and give him a shot. And here's why. Because two weeks ago, the Des Bryant's interest and the Eagles' interest didn't align. But as we stand here right now, our interests are more aligned than they were two weeks ago. If I'm talking to Des Bryant, I'm saying this. Let's be honest, dude. You ain't doing nothing right now besides sitting on the couch and getting into Twitter arguments with Skip Bayless. You come to the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the opportunity to play with Carson Wentz, who is better than Dak Prescott. You have the opportunity to pursue a Super Bowl, which you didn't even so much as sniff when you were with the Cowboys. You have the opportunity to get revenge on your former team, which you tweeted out was important to you when you were released. You, we still have yet to play the Cowboys twice. You get the opportunity for revenge. Carson Wentz, the opportunity for a Super Bowl, the opportunity at revenge. But more importantly than any of that, and I know you're not going to want to hear this, and I know it's going to be a bitter pill to swallow, but if you don't play this season, your career might as well be finished. Because if they don't want you right now, who the hell's going to want you in 2019? And you don't have to take my word for it. Just look at other wide receivers who've been labeled as bad character or bad locker room guys in the past. Terrell Owens, when the league decided that his production on the field was no longer worth the headache that he had in the locker room, Despite pleas and cries and begging for any organization to give you an opportunity, nobody did. Career over. Look at Chad Johnson. He was released by the Dolphins, albeit for a wrong reason. The domestic violence should not be tolerated, and actually the NFL should come down harder on it. But when Chad Ochocinco was released from the Dolphins... The NFL decided that his production on the field was no longer worth the headache in the locker room. If you, Des Bryant, don't put a, jer- a name on the back of a jersey and put a helmet on and prove to the rest of the league that you are not only productive on the field and you've still got a lot left to show on the field, but that you can be a locker room guy and a team leader outside of the lines, then your football career might as well be over. What the Philadelphia Eagles would offer you is a chance to contend for a Super Bowl, play with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and get revenge on your old team. But more importantly than all that, they're offering you an opportunity to extend your football career. And that's more important than anything. If you don't want to do it for the Eagles, that's fine. Do it for yourself. Because I know you think you got screwed by the Cowboys. I know you think you're a good teammate. And I know you think you got a lot left in the tank. But until you prove it, and if, if you don't prove it this year, your career might as well be over. And if I'm talking to the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm saying to you, look, any viable option at the wide receiver position is going to cost you an asset. It's going to cost you a pick. Is going to cost you a player or a combination of both. The, the, the best, the cheapest way to get out of this problem is to go on the streets and find the best that's available. Is Kenny Britt doing anything for you? Oh, my God. We're just DGB in this thing all over again. Is Jordan Matthews really doing anything for you? Sure, he's got a rapport with Carson, but he's just a guy who can't stay healthy, 
who wasn't really all that great to begin with. The best thing to do is to bring Des Bryant in and offer him a contract that's filled with incentives that if he plays up to a certain level, then he makes bank. And then he proves to the rest of the league that he still got it and he can still play. Two weeks ago, I there was no way that Eagles should sign Des Bryant was going to come flying out of my mouth. Right now, we're all high in here. No, I'm not. High. I'm not Josh Gordon. This thing, I truly believe it. And if the Eagles are truly interested in investing and protecting their star quarterback that is coming out of off of injury, you have to give him receivers that are going to get open, catch the ball, move the chains, and prevent. Carson Wentz from doing what Nick Foles was doing, which is getting happy feet in the pocket and patting the ball. Boys and girls, Eagles fans, I think it's time we throw up the X. Oh, That's what I'm saying. I think it's time we throw up the X. That that entire time you were speaking, I I agree with what you're saying and the whole motive behind it. Because I think, personally, that going back to what I was saying earlier, I want another outside receiver. And I think Dez would fit that role, and I think he's the best option available right now. But that entire time you were talking to me, I couldn't help but see you, envisioning you up on the ladder, doing the beer bong baptisms, and throwing up the X. It just... it brought something up in my mouth. I just... Plus, it'd be awesome just to troll Cowboys fans. Let's be honest. We're going to give the phone calls another try. Classic Jeff, you are on with 4th and John. Sorry about that first flub. How are you doing today, buddy? Is that the mighty E-Rock? Am I on? Is yeah. it live? Can you hear me? Uh, we, we can hear you very loud and clear. How are you doing today, Classic Jeff? Dude, it's amazing. Chicken Little and the Boy Who Cried Wolf, they're all over Twitter today, and I love it. The sky <laughs> is falling, and coming to get us. It's all over in Philadelphia. We're the chance no more. We lost the game, guys. It was last year, if you recall. Second game of the season, we lost on the road, right? Right. What happened then? Wake-up call. How did we do? Rattled off ten in a row. Exactly. How do you, how do you see this wide receiver? What do you need after the well, I think you need a wide receiver. What, what, how do you feel? Like, like the conversation on the timeline was so dominated by wide receiver talk and arguments and bickering back and forth over Jordan Matthews, of all people. A, how do you see this wide receiver position kind of shaking out? Do they do anything? And B, why are we not talking more about the fact that Carson Wentz is returning? I think it's all about Carson Wentz. You know, when you look back, and, and I'm going to go to the gold standard all the time, when you look back at all the Super Bowls that the New <laughs> England uh, Patriots won, who were their best receivers? You know, guys like Deion Branch, Louisville Cardinal, you know? Guys like Troy Brown. I mean, these guys were nobodies that they won a Super Bowl with. And the free one that they got when they had Gronkowski, who was arguably the best tight end in the league, was gifted to them by – by a team that didn't want to didn't want to run the ball on the one yard line. I don't think the receivers matter, guys. This isn't Carson Wentz's rookie year with a banged up offensive line. This guy knows the system. He's going to come in. He knows how to hit the receivers. We have Ertz. We have say it with me, Agolor. Agolor. Goddard, who you're going to see on the field, Agolor, not Aguilar. E. Agolor. <laughs> I'm never. I'm never going to change it. On the field. I love it. I love it. But. Look, you, I'm fine, honestly, trotting out Perkins, Goddard, Ertz, Aguilar, Gibson. You know, just get the running game going. Get the RPOs going. Keep Carson on his feet. 
And at the end of the day, we've got a team coming in here that's also banged up. Their quarterback isn't a star anymore, Andrew Luck, like his first year or two. This is just what the doctor ordered to get this team back on track. A home game, pumped up crowd, Carson Wentz returned, Eagles coast in this game, probably put up a good 40-burger because we like a big 40-burger at home. We did it all last year. And we're going to coast. They might put up 20 points, but who cares? We're going to coast over this game. And then we go on the road. We have another banged-up team. We might get to see Blaine Yo Gabba Gabbert. For all you parents out there that have a kid. We're going to smoke the Titans on the road, too. And then we finally come home. Everyone's healthy. And we get the first main course, three and one, start the season. We get the Minnesota Vikings. And guys, we're going to steamroll them at home, too. Oh, man. Get ready because the train's going to keep rolling, baby. Jeff, Jeff, I love it. Thanks so much for calling in, dude. I love the passion. I love the energy. And I like the outlook on it, man. The sky is not falling. It was a miserable game in Tampa. I'm not willing to dismiss it. I'm not willing to, to, to throw in the towel yet. It's week two. It's week two. We're moving on. We got our boy uh, Gonzo. Gonzo's on the line as well. You are on with Fourth and John. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of trouble with the phones, you know. We got back from Tampa. We're trying to we're trying to shake the heat off. We're getting back in the flow of things, and uh, so is Carson Wentz. Are you excited to see your boy back? Well, of course, I think everybody is. Um, you know, get the offense back in the flow that we know it can be. We know it should be. Um, it's been way too long since our boy was starting behind uh, Jason Kelsey. Pretty stoked, brother. Pretty stoked. Now, the uh, the news of the day, again, just like I asked Classic Jeff, uh, you know, they're bringing in Jordan Matthews. They actually reached out to Jeremy Macklin, but his knee's not right, so they might have to delay a workout. Doug Peterson made absolutely no bones about the fact that they were going to go ahead and bring in some veteran help, or, or at least look at some veteran help. Are, are you a Dez guy? Are you not a Dez guy? And if you're not a Dez guy, did my plea for Dez Bryant change your opinion whatsoever? <laughs> Uh, we spoke yesterday a little bit. Um, not a Dez guy because he's a cowboy. I mean, if, if if anybody comes to the team and helps production and wins games, I'm all for that. Um, I uh, I personally wouldn't be standing anywhere throwing up the X. Um, but that's just <laughs> me. We all, uh, you know, we all have our own business. Um, but hold on, two seconds. Wide receivers, fillers, yeah, all that stuff. I want to focus on one positive thing. And I know we're only two games in, but our defense has a league best at allowing only 2.85 yards per rush and 58 yards total in the game. Now, I know the Bucks can't run the ball, but that's good stuff. Our D-line is doing its job. Our secondary, you know, in the beginning of the year, but uh, I don't know. I, you know, you got to be positive at certain points, you know? You, you got to be positive. You got to remember that the bulk of this team won you a Super Bowl. They know what it takes to win. They know what the new norm is. And although they got their butts kicked in week two, they got their butts kicked in week two last year, and they rattled off, what, nine consecutive wins? At 10, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10. If we're talking about bringing somebody off the street, uh, I think Howard Mudd, Howard Mudd is on a golf course somewhere. He wants to coach the whole lineup again. I'd be all for it. <laughs> Hey, maybe he can play left tackle because Vitae certainly ain't doing it. We appreciate you calling in, Gonzo. Thanks so much. Love you, bud. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. I know he's coming up for the, uh, the Carolina game, so I can't wait to see Gonzo and Tara up there. Let's put on Big E. Let's put on Mr. Lighter Fluid himself, Big E. How you doing, brother? 
What's up, E Rock Gale and the Fourth and John crew? How's it going tonight? Going on, man. It is going. It is going good, man. So, so let me ask you: Did you hear my argument for Des Bryant? I did not. I did not. I was ha- trying to get in on the phone lines, but uh, but I'm I'm kind of on the fence with Des Bryant. I, I got to agree with uh, Gonzo that if he helps production with the team, um, but it's just something about being a cowboy for as long as he was and and just staring across the line from him uh, for so many years. That that kind of irks me. It it is hard because I remember when Demarco Murray came here. It was like the big free agent signing. We were all excited, and despite you know seeing him all through training camp and all through preseason with wings on his helmet, I still saw right through that. I still I still saw that stinking star slapped to the side of his helmet. But they got it. I mean, they got to do something to help the vertical passing game. We talked about it here last show about how it should be the run game, the two tight end sets. Yes, but we need to start getting those chunk yards. Then we need to start getting those chunk yards because the Eagles on third down were absolutely atrocious. 33% on third down, 5 for 15 against the Buccaneers. They were held for under 100 yards rushing. Even though they had two TDs, held for under 100 yards rushing. I mean, and they allowed uh, three receivers with 80-plus yards. Four touchdowns with the receivers. When you watch that game, you watch it at home, and I know it's always a little different from being in the stands and watching it and watching it there on the TV. I felt like sitting in the stands that it wasn't a poorly called game. I felt like it was a poorly executed game. Am I feeling that right, or do you think it was a little combination of both there? No, no, I agree completely. Um, Obviously, the first play can't happen. That, That should have never happened. Um, I just I think like you said there was there was a game plan but it was the execution of the game plan uh, the little dink and dunk not taking advantage of their um, their rookie cornerbacks um, it was definitely a punch in the mouth and I think we as a team needed that and we as a fan base needed that because we were riding high for a while um, we need to be brought back to earth but with uh, with Carson Wentz coming back um, I think we, we have our good shot he makes everybody better everybody on that team every position player he makes him that person better awesome big thanks for calling in buddy i appreciate it gail do you do you agree with that what i'm saying here do you agree with that sentiment at all or do you think it was a poorly called game too um i just i just think uh the defense you know i think they gave us some big big plays i think way too many big big plays i mean ryan fitzpatrick had the best game against the eagles in entire history, like no one's ever had a, a game like that. His, his QB rating, he had four touchdowns, over 400 yards passing. That's ridiculous. Uh, but I mean, they gave up those chunk chunk plays. But uh, getting back to your point about uh, Des Bryant, um, you know, the idea of Des Bryant, he's not the vertical threat that he once was. He's more of a possession guy at this point. I mean, I spent so many, I spent so long making fun of this guy last year. <laughs> for me to go for, for me to sit here and big up Des Bryant, that would be I'd be contradicting myself cuz I I I, char- I charted all his games and looked at how many yards he had every game for the last end of the season. And he wasn't getting separation. Well, it, it could be different, you know, you talked about the quarterback situation. You know, like that could that could change. But uh, you know, looking according to over over the cap and the salary, we got about five point four million in the bank. How much is Des Bryant gonna take from that? Uh, you talked about the incentive based contract. Is he willing to take that? You're gonna you 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 gave a really good sell on De- Des Bryant. Like if you were if that if you were Howie Roseman, I might 
think, hey, you know, I come to the Eagles, I resurrect my career for another two years, yes. give me some longevity. Mm-hmm. If I ball out, especially going into the playoffs, you win a Super Bowl, that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, you, but you have to get him to agree or something like that. And, and with Alshon Jeffrey looming his return, are the Eagles willing to give up that kind of price tag? I, I, I think they might because nobody's knocking down the door for Des Bryant right now. Like, he needs us more than we need him. Right. Think of an advantageous position that is for the Eagles to negotiate. Like, bro, the Browns passed on you, and they're giving away wide receivers right now. They're having a fire sale on wide receivers, and the Browns passed on you. And you went in there on hard knocks, and you were slapping, you know, giving high fives and bro hugs to everybody, and talking to Hugh Jackson about, you know, how you want to, you know, do this and do that. We need that. If you bring that energy to the Novacare complex, knowing that this might be your last shot for not, like, listen, you know, it's going to be a one year deal, you know, it's going to be incentive based. Bet on yourself. Because when free agency rolls around, unless you put your name on the back of somebody's jersey, it doesn't have to be us, but unless you put your name on the back of somebody's jersey, nobody's going to want you. Your career's over, bro. Take a look at the history of other wide receivers whose path you're going down. It doesn't end well. You turned it down from the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, that was a mistake because you thought you could do better. You can't. Eagles could offer you everything that you want in your career. Revenge an opportunity at a Super Bowl, and a chance to prolong your career for another two, three years. Why would you not take that? Bet on yourself. question is, would you, when he scores his, his hypothetically first touchdown as a Eagle, would you throw up the X? You're damn right I would. Oh! You're damn right I would. He needs You're damn right milk. I would. The Eagle signed Des Bryant. Guess what the t-shirt, the newest, hottest t-shirt on 4thandjohn.com is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw up the L. I've already got you. Throw up the L. Oh, I guarantee it's going to be a seller. Guarantee. And the fact that we would have to get, we get to go down to Jerry. It sounds so dirty. I know it sounds dirty, but sometimes you got got to do the dirty work to get the job done. Sometimes you got to get your hands dirty. Trust him from the Italian fan. <laughs> Throw up the L. He just forms an L with his arm. That would be another great shirt, Gail. You give me all sorts of uh, all sorts of ideas. Uh, what, what, what do you think, JJ? What do you think? Come here, come here, real quick. What do you think about the de- the pitch? I if you were Des Bryant and I just gave you that pitch, JJ Free. What do I have to lose? This is my career. It's Carson Wentz. As you said, he gets to say, "Hey, you know, Wentz is better than Dak." That means something to Jerry. That's going to hit Jerry somewhere, you know, who feel lower than a cricket's you-know-what. Uh, so it's a meaning. Come, He can catch the ball, uh, you know, red zone. Uh, it does everything we need it to do right now, especially with the way, you know, Doug has been calling games, whether for good or bad. So that's my take on that. There you go. I 100% agree. Now, now let's let's Gail, let's turn it to the to the Colts because I don't want to spend this entire show talking about the loss to Tampa and talking about hypothetical wide receiver problems because we have a real game to play with a real enemy and a real ex offensive coordinator coming back to town, a guy who knows the Eagles' offensive system, who knows Carson Wentz's strengths and weaknesses, who knows how to play this Eagles' defense, and who in first week hit nine different receivers and week two hit eight. None for over 26 yards. 
spreading the ball around. Andrew Luck only sacked three times in two games. Yeah, that's it. On third down, their efficiency, week one, 64%. Week two, 56%. This smells and feels and tastes like an Andy Reid, Doug Peterson offense, if I ever saw one. Spreading the ball out, dinking and dunking, getting the ball out of Andrew Luck's hands quickly. Like, are, are we making the same mistake with the Colts that we are we made with the Buccaneers and maybe overlooking that team, especially when you think that Frank Reich's coming to town with our entire playbook in his back pocket? Well, I, I know people, you know, you got you to worry about Frank Reich uh, knowing the answers to the tests. Uh, you know, Jim Schwartz talked about uh, him and uh, Frank Reich Exchanging ideas, so they 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 really know each other pretty well. Um, I think you know they they I think uh, Colts fans have been happy the way the offense has been running, the quick strike with the quick passing attack with Andrew Luck. He's Andrew Luck has made some mistakes. He's thrown some interceptions, They're knocking the rust off. But they like what they see. Um, I think uh, you know defensively they they've got some. You know, uh, Darius Leonard, he's been a, a standout, um, the, the, the rookie linebacker. Um, they got Hooker on the back end. Um, but am I am I thinking that after losing to the Bucks, um, do I think this Eagles Eagles team at home is not going to be prepared? Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about that. I think they play a different style of ball um, at home. The record you know, speaks for itself. Um, but they they can't overlook this team. No, no, they they can't make that same mistake because trust me, if we're in this studio next week and we're talking about the one and two Philadelphia Eagles, uh, you're going to see your boy kind of blow his top. Now, granted, in the beginning of the season when we made our kind of predictions, I predicted a slow start overall start to the season, and the Eagles pick it up on the back end after the bye, but not to the Bucks and the Colts. I wouldn't have seen that coming, Evan. What do you What do you think about the Colts coming to town? Uh, I don't want to sleep on them, uh, but to touch on your point about Frank Frank Reich knowing about um, Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz's uh, game plans, I feel like Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz also know about how Frank Reich thinks as far as uh, how he would game plan. I, I think both teams have had enough time separated between them to where they can come up with a different, um, newer sort of game plan. I think that uh, ultimately. You you were talking before the show, E, that how uh, for this Bucks game, we felt like we went there with a game plan, and then we we, we came out and we got punched in the mouth with that first play, yeah. uh, with Deshaun Jackson going over the top with us, and that is it's kind of like that Mike Tyson quote where everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth, and then it just becomes a mad scramble, and we were forced to uh, figure out an alternate game plan. I think that we're gonna I think that we're gonna go into it. I think with having Carson Wentz in the game. That makes all the difference as far as uh, changing a game plan on the fly. Like having Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz in the game. Like Nick Foles is a manageable quarterback where Carson Wentz has the ability to take over a game. And he could just, he, he could essentially, like, I, not that I would want him to, but I feel I have faith in Carson to just turn off the headset and just be the quarterback of the game. Oh, that need be. Absolutely, and we were discussing that like pre-show, and again, it goes to not poo-pooing off the loss against the Buccaneers, but again, I think a lot of it's correctable. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Eagles, they went into the game offensively, first drive, give up a big score, first play of the game. It's like being in a fight and catching a, catching a jab the wrong way, and you see that bright light flash in front of your eyes, and okay, you just got hit in the mouth. Everybody has a game plan until they just got hit in the mouth. 
okay, first drive they come out, Jason Peters goes down. Mike Wallace is now probably going to be IR'd for the rest of the season. Jay Ajayi's got something going on with the back. He he, he revisited in the second half, but now he's out. Three huge starters. It's three. It's three. It's basically your starting left tackle, your starting running back, and your starting wide receiver. Your number one wide receiver going into the game, besides Nelson Aguilar, you know, at one A, one B with Mike Wallace. They go down. Now all of a sudden, you're you're third. You're third and forty one. Because the offense keeps getting penalties, ticky-tack as they might be, third and 41, like that game couldn't have went any poorer for the Eagles. And they went in the halftime, what was it, 7-7? Seven to seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, they battled back. And then you add upon that, like, the heat factor. That's what I was going to ask you. How much of a factor do you think that Bro. heat down in the... It had to play a factor. Like, like they could have played it down on TV. I don't know if they did or not. Yeah. That was the hottest game I ever attended. Like 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 my my Eagles. butt got burned sitting in in the seat. You, you you ever you ever like grilled chicken and you put it in the pan right and you don't put any non-stick stuff on the yeah. pan butter or pam or whatever it is and then legs. you try to flip over the chicken and then half of the chicken stuff somewhere in Raymond James Stadium there's a seat with about three layers of my butt skin still on it. It was hot as hell there. Was it hotter than the home opener yes. last year? It was yes. Hot, dude. Was it? I put my I put my elbow on the counter and I screamed and this dude looked at me like what the hell like what the hell's wrong with you I'm like I burned myself on the counter here Uh, it it was that hot it was it was there were EMTs running back and forth on the main concourse with wheelchairs like sprinting with wheelchairs because people were dropping like flies I I had one bottle just for pouring on myself so so for every like every five minutes I would just pour a bottle over my head and just my, my whole shirt was drenched wet just to keep myself and that, hydrated. But I also did see you guys take some pictures with some fans down there that were in some full get-ups. Like, how were those guys even walking around? I don't know. I don't know how the dudes in the pirate outfits did it. I don't know how the dudes in the Buccaneers, like the... Uh, They're just know, used to it. But Maybe. They're just used to it. Maybe the crazy. That, mm. that was insanity. It was insanely hot. And, and from our seats, you could see the guys in the green jerseys, the dark green jerseys that were just soaking up the sunlight. They, they look, I don't know how it looked on TV. Again, a lot of times we're at the games. We don't have the benefit of having the commentators in our ears or the camera angles or the replays. But they just looked slower. Like the pass rush was... Fletcher Cox had a hell of a first half. But by the second half, the pass rush slowed down significantly. And then the offense, the defense is on its heels so much that they're running around like crazy. It just looked like that. By the time Jake Elliott doinked the field goal, it's almost like they all threw their hands up in the air and said, "Let's just get that. Start the air conditioning on the buses. Look at that. Let's get the hell out of here." Granted, they fought back. And again, I'm not trying to give them a pass on a poorly played game, but any one of those long touchdowns doesn't turn into a long touchdown, and they're able to stop them. Any one of those drives, we're not sitting here talking about an ugly Eagles loss and the sky is falling on the timeline. We're sitting here talking about, hey, the Eagles are 2-0. and They're at the top of the NFC East. It was ugly, granted, but Carson Wentz is coming back. As the fourth quarter started to wind down, though, and the Eagles were starting to make that comeback, were you guys kind of jumping out of your seat? I was jumping out of, out of mine watching the game where it just they were taking... They were taking their time getting to the line, man. With the um, yeah, I think that's the Andyitis you think you're Andy-itis, talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Andyitis. And I'm just watching the clock tick, tick, tick. They're taking their sweet old time. And then, uh, I think it was the last drive of the game. The they had, they ended the up going in the middle of the field yeah, with no timeouts left. What, what was that was, what was, that was the sense in that? Yeah, and, that was whack. And not to mention, like, 
I know Doug Peterson is all about game planning for uh, very niche situations in the game. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could have uh, at least moved past the line of scrimmage with the whole uh, pitch play. That that only went backwards. <laughs> I was hoping for like a Philly special. I wasn't expecting them to score on that play and win the game, but to at least get to back to the line of scrimmage would have been nice. Philly special 3.0 with Aguilar throwing a cross field in, in some capacity. Like, yeah, it never happened. The bomb at the bay. That's what it would have been. Go ahead, Justin. It felt like they were checking down too much. Like, it, it looked like all the time they were – it was – Nick Foles passes for three yards. Nick Nick Foles passes for five yards. I understand that we have a depleted receiving core, but are you going to tell me that of the other four receivers that were further down the field, there was no window to even just take a shot? No, no, no. I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And can we talk about It was extremely frustrating to watch the game. Yeah, it was. It was. Try ha- try having Bucks fans in your ear yelling at you the entire time, yelling scoreboard. I don't know if I've even ever met a Bucks fan. Dude, th- dude, there, there, there was, there was. Do you want to get into the guy behind the story? Do you want to get into the story or no? Uh, yeah, there, was almost a, there was almost a fight that went down. So, there, was, there, was, there was damn near. Cl- I thought it was going down. How, right. how was it to hang out with the uh, the two guys that won the tickets? Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those great. guys were so. Ecstatic Their video was there. crazy. Their video was insane. Mm-hmm. It really, they put it really, a lot into that. They put a lot into yeah, that, it, I, and I, and I know like Karate Mark, he put together a good video. There was one guy on Facebook who was doing like the cell phone thing that, that had us funny. that had us rolling. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, what those two Navy guys did, and the fact you know we're, we're trying to respect the troops around here, and it only took him a day to do it. Yeah, yeah. it just woke up and he, he had a plan. He's like, and he executed. Maybe 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 we'll save the 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 guy behind the story for another time and place. Yeah. What do you think? Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next thing, let's go around the league with uh, Evan Bubblegum here. This is the segment where we kind of, he kind of asks us questions that we did not know were coming from different events over the weekend. So uh, let's fire away. All right. So let's start off. You guys ever have a really bad day at work? Or play the wrong sounder on the soundboard, and you just want to quit in the middle of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Von- Vontae Davis did something that I have never seen before in an NFL game. Dude's playing for the Bills, and I'll be it. They're having themselves a rough start to the season. I think they just scored their first touchdown in the uh, in the waning moments of that game. Yes, or uh, on Sunday. But Vontae Davis, before uh, during halftime, decides he was going to call it a career and retires. Thoughts? That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen a player do in a long... It's almost unheard of for players to actually do that. I mean, at least you retire after the game. You didn't tell anybody that he had thoughts to retire. Just walked out. And I've seen someone had tweeted something out like, imagine being a Bills fan and it's the middle of the third quarter and Vontae Davis drives past you on the highway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the most ra- I mean, in high Don't you have somewhere to be? You know, <laughs> in high school, the starting running back in front of me got hit, got hurt, and then he, he said, uh, this is right before the big Thanksgiving game. Yeah. And he turned to the coach and said, I quit. He's a senior, and he says, God told me to quit. And my coach looks at me, I'm a junior. He's like, you're starting the Thanksgiving game. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's a level of like, couple of dude, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So, I mean, Vontae Davis, you're, the whole everybody in the NFL is going to look at you. You're going to get side-eyed from everybody, even your grandma. Have you ever seen a walkout like that before in any other profession? N- no, and and it's it's a shame because I'm sure this this guy played Pop Warner football, and then yeah. he played high school football, 
then he played college ball, and then he played football at the highest level in the professional, the National Football League. And his legacy, his stamp yeah, on the dude. game, yep. when his kids Google his name to see what kind of career did my daddy have, they're going to find out their daddy was the dude who will forever be known as the guy who quit at halftime. On his team. On his team. Like, look, you collected your check. You were guaranteed, what was it, $5 million if you made the roster. If you had any thought, any serious thought of retirement, I can understand you you, you getting that bag, getting your paper, and, and then thinking that you want to bounce. But do it after the game. Have a conversation with your coach. Have a conversation with your general manager. Have a conversation with the owner and your teammates who you have a responsibility to. Have a conversation with them. And if you still feel like you want to retire and leave the game, so be it. But you are forever. Your mark, your legacy, your your name will forever be synonymous with a quitter. It's terrible. Terrible. That's going to be hard to motivate your kids when they got that dirt on you. His kids are going to be like, at least I didn't quit on my team, Daddy. <laughs> Go to bed. They got that <laughs> Go on. To bed. What's uh, next? So next we've got... Um, it's poor Hugh Jackson and the Browns, man. The Browns are going to Brown. They uh, they had a chance to win the game this week, and the Browns kicker misses two field goals and two extra points, and that led the fans to holding an impromptu kicker tryout in the streets. Do you, th- do you think they pull a, fin- a Vince Papali and pull someone off the streets, or do you think they uh, think they just sign another kicker? Browns fans, I, I-, I got to admit... I'm growing sort of like the the appreciation that I used to have for the Bills Mafia. They're going to shut a lot of a lot of that tailgate shenanigans down. I've grown a appreciation and respect for the clan for the fans of Cleveland for at least at the very least their creativity. Take it from the guy who burned the jersey in the parking lot and had a Jason Kelsey impersonation. Our dude Brennan do the speech. They had they have like an affinity towards theater. Having a parade for going winless. Good for you, guys. Good for you. Running into a lake with Hugh Jackson. There you go. And now they're having impromptu kicker tryouts on the streets with dudes from the streets. Maybe Shorty Fody was there. He could have been. He could have been. Like, like Bills fans, I tip my hat to you. You at least have a sense of humor and you show the world that despite being dumped on by your organization time and time again, you take it on the chin figuratively and literally sometimes and you go ahead and you have a good laugh at it. I mean that whole situation is like the most brown thing ever. You know like it just keeps happening to them. Like you just like when is it going to stop? They drafted Manzel. He's all high as hell. They mishandled the the Josh Gordon situation. Uh, The guy that they drafted instead of Carson Wentz, Corey Coleman is gone. He's uh, there's so many bad things that have happened to the Browns that Nothing that bad, nothing that happens to the Browns, I'm surprised. It's, it's a Brown thing. Now, let me ask you a second level question here. When we, when we, before we won the Super Bowl, we all wondered about what that would be like for the city of Philadelphia. If the Browns, 40 years probably <laughs> down the road, the NFL still exists, what is the reaction to the fan base of them winning a Super Bowl? Do you think that they're going to, they're going to miss being like wearing the badge of misery? <laughs> You know what? If if the Browns ever ended up in the playoffs, when someday, sometime down the road, the Browns end up for the play in the playoffs, just know Cleveland that I'm rooting for you. Yeah, I want I want to I want to see you win. And if the Browns ever happen to be in the Super Bowl, we might all have to collectively go out to Cleveland <laughs> once again, yeah! just to see it. 
We can wear our eagle. I don't care. I just want to see it when it happens. Because you talk about a fan base that absolutely deserves it. Like Cleveland they're should loyal. be. They're loyal. They're yeah. loyal. To a fault. Yeah. I mean, and they shouldn't be. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, I talked about just root. Like, I, I just root for their fan base to see them win something. Uh, I mean, if they won something, I would call Shorty Fody and let him know that we are on Forty's our way. Forty's on us. Uh, Forty's <laughs> on us. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would go out there and party. Cleveland, if you're in the Super Bowl, just know the fourth and John's going to be there just to see it go down. <laughs> just to see it go down. Um, so, did you guys see the uh, Monday Night Football game last night? I did. There was an interesting, after after a score, there was an interesting thing that happened. There was a drop kick kickoff by Michael Dixon of the uh, versus the Bears. You guys, what was the last time you saw that? I, you know, actually, I was asleep. You were asleep? <laughs> I was knocked out from being a... Uh, well, that, well, to tell you, Gail. From this trip. Tell me more. Tell me more. Instead of, put, of placing the ball on the tee, the kicker just went up and dropped the ball and kicked it immediately after it hit the ground. Remember when what the is Patri- the advantage? I, I don't know. Remember when the Patriots did that, uh, like, for an extra point? I think Doug Flutie or something. Yeah, somebody, I think it was somebody, like a fake punt, though, or something. No, 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 no. It was that an was extra kick, point. Was but Doug point? Flutie drop, drop kicked it for the extra point for for no apparent reason other than the show off. Yeah. I don't know if there's any strategic oh, advantage for, for that. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, it is for the kickoff. Uh, I mean, maybe they're just trying to get a return out of it. Perhaps. Perhaps. You know, wasn't there a flag on that play too returner, that brought you know. that brought the kickoff a little closer? Yeah, there was, there was something like that where a drop kick might have been advantageous because you're not going to get the di- you can get the height, the height. you get the height, so you're not trying to just kick it into the end zone. You're actually trying to pin the team in, yeah. in the five yard line with enough time with enough hang time to get your boys down there. I don't, did it work? I, 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 yeah, they, it, they ended up kicking it down to like the five, and it had a high arc on it, so it had some good hang time. There you, you go. Guys, so the there you go. Uh, the the Eagles their kickoff against the Bucks. They kicked it up real high. Remember that at the end of the game? No, I think it was dying a heat stroke. Yeah, <laughs> but they did that. It was hot, but they didn't drop kick it. But they did kick it up high. So, ma- so maybe that was the advantage. So we've got another hot start for Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Uh, Pat Mahomes is really uh, turning a lot of heads. The dude's got 10 touchdowns through through, uh, through two games, and he had six touchdowns versus the Steelers yesterday. Steelers are my next point. But uh, how, what do you think of Pat Mahomes? Do you think he's the next elite quarterback that's going to emerge in this league, or is this a flash in the pan we're saying? I think he's got a lot of arm talent. A lot of people, when he was coming out of the draft, Kind of like refer to him like in a Brett Favre type way, the way that he plays outside of the system, and with his kind of arm, he can sling it all over the field. And when you got guys like uh, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, who can run like lightning, and you got Kelsey streaming across, he's he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, and I think he's got one of the most touchdowns by any. That, rookie that, quarterback. That ten touchdowns through two games is actually uh, the most in NFL history through two I mean, games. I mean, that's it's impressive. All right. Andy Reid found this Donovan McNabb in Kansas City, and Donovan McNabb found success early on in his career. Why? Because he had a tight end that he could rely on in Chad Lewis. He's got one in Kelsey. He had, uh, you know, maybe he didn't have the receiver like 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 a Hill, but he also had a running back like Hunt who could carry the load a good offensive line, and a defense under Jim Johnson that could carry them. I mean, he, he, he's he got he's got basically the 2000 Eagles 2.0 there. And the kid, the kid it's a quarterback-friendly system, and the kid's going to do well. Um, so a dumpster fire we didn't see coming this year will be uh, the Steelers. With a, uh, the, just after a game, the Steelers, a Steelers employee uh, claims Antonio Brown's success is a product of Big Ben. 
And AB challenged him on Twitter saying to trade him to prove his worth. And then he ultimately didn't end up showing up to the facility on Monday, but his agent came out and said that it was unrelated. What what's going on with the Steelers guys? Between yeah. Bell and between Antonio Brown, like are we are we watching this like dumpster fire just ignite now? Is it gonna get bigger? Well, Antonio Brown also got into a fight with his offensive coordinator on the sideline. Yeah. And then someone else was, was saying that they saw him and his agent after the game and he was like livid, like talking to his agent. Maybe, you know, and then he doesn't show up on Monday. I mean, that's a you know, something's going on. I don't know what it is. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is not there. So maybe the culture is off. I don't know. I can, I can tell you what's going on. I know exactly what happened. Big Ben? The Jacksonville Jaguars happened last year. Because the Pittsburgh Steelers overlooked the Jaguars so bad and were so concerned with the New England Patriots because Mike Tomlin and Tony Dungy had that conversation and they kept talking about Steelers-Patriots, Steelers-Patriots, Steelers-Patriots. That when Jacksonville went in the Heinz Field and destroyed them, Mike Tomlin lost that locker room. Completely. So like so, a similar effect to when Pete Carroll didn't run the ball in the Super Bowl. Exactly. Thank you. That's exactly what happened. The players started to tune him out when they drafted that quarterback in the what? Third, fourth round? Oh, you yeah, know. Well, um, and Ben Roethlisberger's, seconds. you know, pitching a fit about it. And then you got Bell holding out. You got AB going the bat for him. You got AB now not showing up. Yeah. That if you if you if you follow the tracks back, when did this all start? Jacksonville in that playoff game. You have Jackson the Jacksonville Jaguars in that interview with Tony Dungeon and Mike Tom on the thing. It was all downhill from there. You can point at that exact moment when the wheels came off of the entire thing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just feel like uh something's off. I think the way that they're handling the Le'Veon Bell thing is just all weird. Like if if you if you were willing to give them all chunks of money here, just, you should have just paid them because I, I felt like that. You know, all the players talk. You know, they're like, ah, as soon as I, you know, I'm up, I'm out of here. Like now they're holding him kind of hostage and like it just rubs the players the wrong way. I just think you know it, it's they need to uh, draft some more receivers. Yeah. I mean, Juju Smith is the next, but they need he looks uh, legit. they need they need something. And if we could just touch on one thing that it ultimately came from the Eagles game, but did Brian Fitzpatrick really need to flex on us like that? <laughs> hey, man, he's... I, 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 I got to admit, I, w- I was a fan of it. Yeah, like he, it. he looked like I a did. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, was, that, was, that was kind of cool. I did like it. And, but then uh, somebody, you know, everyone's been calling him Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick went out and registered uh, Fitz Magic. So now they can't... Say he trademarked it. Wow, there, there was a, there was a yeah. moment, and I think it was in the third quarter. Maybe it was the fourth quarter that Gail and I are sitting there. Maybe I was. Maybe I said it to Cody. They get the, the boys from Set It Off. They they got seats, and we ended up sitting with them in the shade. Finally, like the, the nice. sun went down, like behind the stadium, we got one little ounce of shade. And I turned to them and I said, because they were showing the Bucks fans on the jumbotron, absolutely like having the time of their lives. Of course. And I said to him, I'm like, look. Imagine what it feels like to be a Buccaneers fan right now. Like, low expectations going into the season. Jameis Winston gets suspended. All of a sudden, you 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 outduel Drew Brees and the Saints, and then you come put a put a spanking on the world champion Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they got to be feeling right now. I'll be. They can't fill out their own stadium, but they got to be feeling right now almost the way that we felt last year. Yeah. 
and being like, is this real life? Yeah. It, what's happening right now? And if you're and if you're the Buccaneers, when Jameis is ready to come back, I don't give him the job. I'm sorry. How, how is it though that like 14 years into his career, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is able to just find the uh, fountain of youth, and all of a sudden he's just lighting it up. I mean, he talks about having the most weapons he's ever had, um, and then you know even Djax is back, and Djax he already publicly said he's like, you can't take him out. He's too hot. Yeah, he's too hot, baby. I mean, remember. Nobody saw it coming from the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Could the Tampa Bay Buccaneers be the Philadelphia Eagles of 2018? Not saying they're they're Super Bowl caliber or ready to win the Super Bowl, but could this be the next up-and-coming team in the NFC? So far through two games... They look like it. They look like it. And And all of a sudden, hey... Week two looks a little harder than expected, and everybody that gave me crap, you go ahead, read your own replies. Read your own <laughs> replies at a tweet. I mean, I like the quick passing attack with them and the, the, the way that they throw the ball deep down the field. I mean, they, they did that with them, no running game. Uh, I think, uh, I guess, T.O. was right. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throws the best uh, football out there. Most catchable football out there. Possibly. We're going to go to our boy I Bleed Philly for the Twitter questions. By the way, uh, every other week now we're going to have an opportunity, thanks to our friends at Wildfire Studios and our friends at Tee Public, to do some sort of contest or giveaway for a free 4th and John shirt. I know how much you guys love these shirts. We're going to give away a free one once every other week. This week's contest, best Twitter question... And we haven't seen them yet. We don't know what's coming yet. We're just going to have to pick one. But best Twitter question is going to get a free 4th and John shirt by the end of the show. Why don't you go ahead and take it away, Philly Mike. All right, so first question is from Mia, from at DancerMia13. She says, with the Colts having the best third down completion percentage in the league at 60.6% compared to the Eagles, 41.9%, do you think our success in that last year could be Frank Reich? Or do you think so far this season it is more not having Carson? The latter, the latter. I, th- I think it ultimately comes down to Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is the is the uh, game manager. He's the one that ultimately wins us games and rolls teams. He, he's he's the it factor. Yeah, it's Carson Wentz. I mean, his you know missing a dude like him with his pre snap readability. It's Carson Wentz. I, I I agree with the first two. All right. Uh, another question is from our good buddy, Big Shirley. He says, if you had to pick one of your followers to play wide receiver for the Birds on Sunday, who would you, who would it be? Uh, what, what kind of speed does D.C. Darrell have? <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's got a bum knee. Uh, um, you, you, know who, you know who it might be? Maybe Darius? I, I was going to say, the takes are trash, but he's tall enough. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Darius. Maybe he's, got Darius. he's got some height. Got some height. He kind of looks like a football player. Yeah, thick enough. I would, I, I would go. All right, uh, Darius. Yeah. How about our uh, boy Lee trash. Nelson? No, nah, Nelson be drunk Why before the game. <laughs> he'd be he'd be he'd be drunk off the off the Jameson before the game. I don't I don't think he's. <laughs> Plus, he's more of a fullback than anything else. He's a thumper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I'm not sure you. he has the speed. All right. So another question is from at OGXNH. He says, "Is it time for Rasul Douglas?" No. I, no. No. Come on. Uh, it's just all these questions. It's just like, I, I was getting a few of them that I was saying were Sewell Douglas time. I'm like, you can't do this. So I just want to put it out there for you guys. I get it. 
Jalen Mills played a horrific game. He was targeted eight times. He gave up eight catches for two touchdowns and a perfect passer rating. It was the most <laughs> miserable game I've ever seen Jalen Mills play. But I, like the first touchdown, not completely his fault. No help over the top. I don't think that was his fault at all. Like, yeah, it, I, I know. It, it, I know. Like, Eagles fans don't want to hear it, but why? Well, I think. If you're a cornerback, knowing that you have safety help behind you, you're playing it like you have safety help behind you. If you don't have safety help behind you, that's what communication is key. Like you, you, you got to do your job. And if if Malcolm Jenkins was trying to make a play on that play, he just made Jalen Mills look stupid. Look, looking long term though, could you guys see something along the lines of like? Uh... Maybe we move on from Rodney McLeod and then shifted to the safety yes. and then Rasul Douglas comes in. Yeah, yeah I, could, I could see something like Next that. Year's, next year, would, it wouldn't shock me at all because Jalen Mills is what he is. He's, he's, he's a very physical corner with a lot of confidence who can shut down a lot of bigger receivers. Julio Jones... Des Bryant once upon a time when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. We've seen him shut down and hold off bigger, larger receivers, and he's got a physical presence to him. What he doesn't have is makeup speed. So when you get a Deshaun Jackson on him with no over-the-top help, it's going to be a problem. I would not be shocked whatsoever if next year you see the secondary as... Darby, who gets resigned, Sidney Jones, McLeod's out, and it's Jenkins, and move Mills. Move Mills to say he's he is a safety waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, four sixes versus four three. No, it's the, not going to happen. You win every time, um, and I, I think it was that's the first time I've seen him get punked so bad. Like Djax was like in his grill trying to get eye contact, and Mills was he stared away. I was like, damn man, he's really getting punked. And I know he had a miserable game, but let's not discount what he did last year. He's not the perfect lockdown corner. He has his strengths, and he has his weaknesses. But Wazul Douglas, I mean, let's not forget the preseason. Granted, he came away with a couple of INTs, and certainly he did a week one against the Falcons. But Razul got burnt a couple times too. Yeah, Russell's and he's not a, he's not a burner either. So I mean, but he does have that size. I, I would like to see. I would. I would. He only had like one snap. So I wouldn't mind seeing some more snaps from him, but I'm not saying for him to take over. I completely agree with you, Gail. Uh, so we got another question from Matt StoneFaceX. He says, why isn't anyone concerned about the offensive line? Can we feel confident that they will protect Wentz? Um, Vitae, Vitae's a liability yeah. out there. Uh, Lane Johnson didn't have his best game last week. Um, I, I did see him getting him pushed, pushed back a little bit. I think uh, Jason Peters should give it a go this week. Um, you would hope. He should. Like, he was dealing with a quad injury that he hurt himself on Thursday after Thursday's practice, and then this flared up again. Um, but I, I – you know how – you see the interview with uh, Lane Johnson talking about Carson Wentz? He yeah. was lighting up like a Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. This, uh, like, the whole team. Did so you see uh, Brandon Brooks, the post that he put underneath Carson Wentz's tweet yeah. about uh, everybody is excited? And the offensive line is especially excited because their job just got easier. They've yes. got a way better quarterback to be protecting and they, a way more they mobile. All know. We all know. Everybody knows. Aware. I mean, there's some people on the t- timeline that still are, you know, this whole Foles versus Wentz thing. Everybody Passing knows, that. except for, for some people. Justin, would you rather have Malata out there versus Vitae if Peters you know what, can't that, go? You know, that, that is an interesting question. <laughs> and, 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 and how much do you think that impacted the game last week with Malata being inactive? Uh, 
He didn't dress. I, 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 think, I think it would still have been Vitae out there, but the book's out on Vitae. I mean, if you look, any sort of pressure that was given to Nick Foles or in Nick Foles' face was a direct reflection of Vitae. Whether it was him getting beat one-on-one, whether it was a blitz to his side, which he didn't know who to pick up, whether it was a stunt rolling around to his side. I mean, he is just a liability out there. I'm not saying it's Jordan Mulata time, but you better start, like if Peters can't go and Mulata's liability to get Carson Wentz killed... Maybe it's time you start looking at the Aussie and like, okay, what what can he really... Is he any worse than Vitae? So, so I mean, Mike, I know... So Michael Kendrick's uh, scouting report was true. He doesn't want the smoke? No, that was Zach Ertz didn't well, want I mean, smoke. I'm just saying. This, this, oh, no, uh, it, it, no, no, no it's, it, it's 100% true. Yeah. By the way, did you see Kendrick's play? You were asleep. Did you see Kendrick's playing? <laughs> yeah, what the, what the hell is that? Dude, dude's not even in a jumpsuit? He's, he's out there on bail playing football? <laughs> he's trying mean? to get his lawyer money up, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to get that jail money up. I just can't believe that he was out there playing. And I he figured. got a sack, too. Yeah. It really is strange. Oh, he's going to get sacks. <laughs> oh, Gail. Gail. What are you dude? talking about, guy? Come on. What are you talking about? I'm talking about football. Yeah. Nice. All right, so we got another question from at Lakers Kings zero five. He says, "What kind of an impact do you think Josh Adams will have with Ajayi likely out?" Minimal. I think it's ultimately going to be the uh, Clement. Is Sproles going to be back for this game? We don't know yet. I think it's ultimately going. to... Well, I mean, if Sproles is inactive, I, I'm going to say he's got a, uh, a little bit of a role. But I think it's ultimately going to be shared between Clement and uh, Smallwood. They were giving Smallwood a lot of touches. Uh, I, I, you, you know what? I think he's going to get the third and short ones. I think he might get the goal line ones. Gail, you think he'll surprise people? Who? Josh Adams. You might. I, I, I think, that, you know, after seeing the basicness of uh, the old Navy, um, <laughs> I think stepping up to H&M might give it a little flair. Uh, I think uh, Josh Adams, you know, he, he showed some showed some wheels for a guy his size. Uh, I'd like to see him. Be decisive. If he if he shows something, you know what he, he's gonna have a, you know, in college he had holes open for him and he ran through them quite well. We have a great offensive line. If they open for some holes for him, he's gonna get there. He's gonna get through them. Um, so I'd like to see him succeed, man. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity for him to succeed. Awesome. All right, now we have our boy JJ Free in studio with us. He has a question for y'all too. Uh, has the offense felt the loss of Reich and DiFilippo the last two weeks more than was previously thought in the offseason and preseason? Interesting. An interesting concept. I think it has more to do with Foles, to be honest. I, I, I just, it was a collaborative effort in the offensive meeting rooms and for the game plan last year. I still think it's a collaborative effort, but it's kind of hard to really kind of bring that to fruition when... You know, Nick Foles is struggling. You got injuries. You know, that's t- that's that is tough to overcome. I, I I don't think that had. You know, the the flip the thing is going to be interesting when Minnesota comes to town. That's going to be interesting. I that's going to be an interesting test for Jim Schwartz to see because that was the dude. I mean, uh, I, that dude that was like grooming Carson Wentz, Frank Reich. You know, he has all the makings of what he's doing with the Colts right now with the offense that he used to run. I, I don't know, Gail. You, maybe you can answer this better than I am. Uh, I mean, I think they had like it was like the QB incubator system for our quarterbacks. Those guys, you know, I think collectively they all helped out pretty much with the, uh, our quarterbacks. But I think, like you said, I, I really 
feel it's you know foals, and I felt I felt like it was been it's been the inconsistencies with the, with camp with various injuries, um, lots of players whether it be. Alshon to the back end of the wide receiver group have been injured and it's been uh, each week for the last month it's been a different group of wide receivers that these quarterbacks have worked with so obviously the chemistry hasn't been there um, like we like it I like it. Uh, before we, you got another. You got another one, Mike. That's it. Okay. Before before we get on out of here, and we got a very special outro uh, made by our boy uh, Hollywood. Hollywood I now. Hollywood. Hollywood. I'm sorry, Hollywood. Her now. Yeah, nah. uh, we got a very special outro while we get on out of here. I just want to take a second to thank all the, really the fans of Fourth and John out there in Tampa Bay and in Florida because we've we got an overwhelmingly warm reception. When we were out there, uh, I, I think I think Gail can even you know t- testify to this. Yeah. But um, when you when you get to see fans up close and personal, uh, you just sometimes we talk about just being in this room and it's just a bunch of guys just talking about football. But when you see uh, the reach and you see you know people really uh, repping the show and repping what we're doing here, that's it's a special thing. And it, I, I can't remember everybody's name who came up to us, but I remember everybody who did. And one of the biggest compliments that we get doing this show is, you know, I'm down here in Florida. I'm down here in Ohio. I'm down here. I'm over here in L.A. And I don't get to talk a lot of Eagles football, but the content that you guys put out, the videos you guys put out, you know, it really feel, makes me feel like I'm part of the gang or, or, or right there in Philly and right there partying with you guys. It's the number one consistent thing we hear and it's by far the biggest compliment that we get making you feel like you know we're bringing you a little bit closer to this authentic Philadelphia fan experience so I want to thank everybody uh, that showed us love out there in Florida man we really appreciate it Gail any final thoughts uh, no my fuse is lit Carson Wentz is back <laughs> <laughs> my fuse it. is lit alright we're going to give you the outro uh, before we do let's give it like we always do E A G L E S Eagles
work by Wentz navigating the pocket, being able to set his feet and deliver a perfect pass. And I think he delivered a perfect pass, even though his throwing arm was hit by Michael Brockers. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.